surveys show that the number one quality that buyers and sellers want in an agent is great communication. Today, we're going to show you how to do that. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. By the way, we just celebrated, the only reason I know this is LinkedIn told me, but we just celebrated our sixth year doing this podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone listening right now. And of course, everyone that has ever listened to our show. We have millions of downloads, tens of thousands of regular listeners, and we could not be more grateful to all of you. When I started this six years ago, I had like three listeners and they were, you know, my family. So I am glad that it has spread beyond that. And, um, we are about to be speaking with Kathy Lamont, top producer. But before we get to Kathy, please help us continue to grow. Let's go another six years. But I want to reach twice as many agents as we have. There's 1.5 million realtors out there. Not all of them know about this show. So please help us out. Let it, let other agents know about this show. Everybody wants to learn from top producers. So let's let them know that this exists and it's free. And also, please support our sponsors. They are paying the bills and we love our sponsors. So please check them out, buy their products and services, and tell other people about them as well. All right, guys, let's get to the main event. Happy sixth birthday to all of us, and our birthday, I guess, anniversary, whatever. Uh, happy sixth to all of us listening, and let's get to the main event, my conversation with Kathy Lamont. Today on the show, we have Kathleen Lamont with Keller Williams in Atlanta. And let me tell you more about Kathy. Now, Kathy Lamont began selling real estate in 1992 after leaving the corporate world of IBM sales, where they were offering incentives to downsize their workforce. Kathy took advantage of that and joined a locally owned brokerage with about 500 agents and set to learn all that she could by attending trainings and conferences all over the country. Now, in 2001, she was given the opportunity to invest in a new Keller Williams office in Buckhead, where she has been ever since. And she has a small team consisting of herself, her husband, 
and a full-time licensed operations manager. And their goal this year is to help 42 families build a life they love. And her average price point is about $750,000. And she works, her and her team work predominantly by referral. I want everybody to visit Kathy's website because uh, not, not only is she our guest and we should always support our guests, but she has a really beautiful looking website, lamonteam.com, L-A-M-O-N team.com. You can also find links to all of her social uh, channels there. We will post links to that in our show notes as well. But lamonteam.com is where you go to learn about Kathy and her team. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, DJ. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. We are glad you're here at well uh, as well. I um, It's funny when you were, I was, when we were thinking about your bio and I actually was in Buckhead in 2001 with Anheuser-Busch. Um, I was, uh, they were having their, their conference in Atlanta and they had rented out uh, a good, a number of the Buckhead bars um, for this conference. Uh, the conference was at the CNN Center, um, or wh- I don't know what it's technically called, but over there, downtown. Yeah, and yeah. then in Buckhead was, they had all these fun nighttime activities. And then I went back and visited Buckhead, many, probably, I don't know, five or six years later, and it had really blossomed. Um, and even now it's obviously blossomed even further. But what a fun area to have an office. You picked a great location in it is a great uh, Atlanta location. Metro. Fun, fun things to do, a lot of good restaurants, great people, and uh, never a dull moment in Buckhead. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun to be had, and it is really a fun place to visit. So if you haven't uh, if you haven't ever been to Atlanta, go to the World of Coke and go visit Buckhead. Yep, yep. <laughs> is it called, is it, I think it's called World of Coke. I can't yeah, remember. it is. It is. Yeah. And the, um, there's a beautiful Georgia Aquarium right next door to mm. that. So it's a great place yes. to bring families and um, good place to, to visit. Yeah. Well, I love Atlanta. Um, so, Kathy, I would, you know, I understand you were in really the IT world. Uh, you were in sales before when you were at right. IBM. Mm-hmm. And and I understand you had an opportunity to take a nice exit package and then mm-hmm. decide to switch to careers. Why did you decide to, to switch careers to real estate? Well, at the time I had little kids and I uh, thought, oh, real estate, you know, you can kind of set your own hours, do your own thing. I'll try real estate. Um, well, anybody that's in the business knows that Yes, you're very flexible unless you have a client, and especially an out-of-town client, and then your time is their time. But um, it did work out well to just be able to pick up my daughters a little bit more often and uh, just give me the uh, opportunity to be a mom a little bit more often. So it was it was a good move. Um, and I, you know, I loved IBM. It was a great place to learn. It was a great place to start my career. I came, I went with them right out of college. And uh, what I've realized about real estate is there's even so much more growth opportunity, both personally in terms of training and growth opportunities there, as well as income. Um, IBM kept me, I was on commission, but if you sold too much too early in the year, they would just raise your quota and you'd be back making the same money. So that it was it was very tightly controlled and um, real estate, you know, the, as people say, the sky's the limit and uh, there is no ceiling and no floor, but uh, it, it's a great business. It is. And, and I also too want to put this in perspective because when you started the world, 
I mean, obviously the world changes every year, but it really has changed since when you started. You were pre-internet. So we're talking 1992. I mean, technically the internet was sort of around, but not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly wasn't adopted by the by the public. Um, and I remember I went to college in 1994, and that was the first time that we started seeing web browsers and the ability to sort of, and, and it still wasn't widely used. Um, so you were, I'm a guessing, we were on the phone a lot, which- yeah. Uh, yeah. people who did not grow up pre-1994, they don't know how to use the phone. They don't use the phone today. They don't communicate that way with their friends. I still think the phone is a really great way to communicate with people. And it's kind of a bit of a lost art now. But I do think that, and even though people may not be as accustomed to being on the phone as they once were. I think we have this yearning to actually interact uh, voice to voice. Obviously, we could do FaceTime and there's ways to do voice and picture at the same time. But um, I imagine you probably still pick up the phone quite a bit. Is that is that a fair? I do. As a matter of fact, um, I set a goal to make 10 calls every day. And a lot of those end up being voicemail. And, you know, there's always this question, should I leave a voicemail? Should I not? And I just choose to leave the voicemail. I think if someone does take the time, it's nice for them to hear my voice and maybe it's a little more personal. Um, I use text text a lot too, though, you know, so yeah. yeah. There is something to be said about a phone call. And and that's also one of the nice things about being on the phone these days is you are going to get a lot of voicemails because, you know, you get to choose now who you want to speak to and, and it's it's really I think made the phone a lot easier to use as um, I agree <laughs> because you're like oh, well I'm probably going to get a voicemail and then you get to leave the a lovely message and my thought and, and Kathy I, I know you're right it's like are they even going to hear the message I think most people listen um, I don't know I mean I'd be curious to see stats on this because maybe I'd be wrong but I oh it depends on the age range I think yeah probably but if you're so. listening to our podcast um you're a realtor you should be listening to your voicemails because there may be some business in there um but I understand the idea of like god am I just wasting my time leaving voicemails I don't think so because for example Kathy if you called me on my birthday to wish me a happy birthday for example you just it came up in your CRM I probably wouldn't answer the phone not because I don't like you but because it's my birthday and I probably yeah. don't want to answer yeah. the phone but Maybe the next day or later on that day when I go back to listen, um, I would I, I would very much go, that was sweet of her. That was yeah. nice. So for those that are like, ooh, I'm a little nervous talking, most people aren't going to pick up, but you can still leave them a nice, thoughtful message. Um, well, so and, I'm a big and what I realized too, DJ, is when I do get people, I find out things that otherwise I would never have found out. You know, somebody's been sick in their family or... Yeah. Um, they've just gotten some kind of news. It's it's amazing. And, you know, that's one call maybe out of 20. But if I hadn't made the call, I would never know. So yeah. I'm, I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad I made that call today. <laughs> well, it's true, too, because a lot of times, you know, we think, well, how else do we get our news about people in our lives? Well, we might look on social media. And, you know, when things are maybe not going well for, for a family or they're going through some sort of, you know, difficult time. Um, maybe they're not posting about that on Facebook. Some people do. A lot of people don't. And so you might not know right. unless you picked up the phone and reached out. Um, so let's talk about how you did get started 
pre-internet, right? Like you still had to go out and prospect. And obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a long time ago, but I think, you know, a lot of the ways in which you probably prospected or, or built your business then still are applicable today. Cause I think fundamentals typically don't change. So I'm just curious, you know, back in, in the early nineties, when you were starting this new career, how did you grow your business um, where you didn't have a background of being in real estate? Um, well, the, one of the first things I did when I got into the business, even before I got in, I had an IBM discount to buy a, a laptop and I bought a laptop and I loaded everybody that I knew into a database. So just, you know, that's the bare fundamentals and that has not changed today. If people, um, that's how you get started is you build a database. So I did that. It, you know, we we had computers that would access. So I... When I started, I called expired listings for sale by owners. Those were out on a computer. You had to go to the office to get it, you know, to, to key it in. And, and you could see the listings that are coming up, but you had to go into the office to do it. So that that is very different. Um, but a, a lot of it was the same, same old, same old, um, get on the phone and, and call those expireds. I eventually got to the point where I decided that really wasn't what I wanted to where I wanted to live and that expired for sale by owner world. So I ended up doing much more of a referral based business once I got a little traction going. So. Yeah. I, I've, um, but I think even though you're like, Oh, the expireds and for sale by owners aren't for me. And I think most agents probably have a similar experience, uh, with for sale by owners. You have to be a special kind of, uh, personality, I think, to be able to withstand some of the difficulties of calling expireds and um, and for sale by owners. They are tough calls, or they can be tough, uh, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, but um, certainly the kinder, or no, I shouldn't say kinder, I'm sorry, the gentler approach is the working by referral uh, made you know famous, of, well, made famous by a lot of people. But in the real estate industry, Brian Buffini is, is sort of uh, associated with working by referral, live the easy life, uh, his, uh, one of his slogans. Um, I know you're a fan of, of Buffini Systems. I am as well. And you, you've not just worked with Buffini and his company, but other, other systems too. Um, but how important was it? Because I know you really dove into this, probably I'm guessing, um, getting the training at IBM where the training is so important and, and they're such a white glove firm, um, that you probably sort of thought I gotta, I gotta get my knowledge up. And so talk about going to conferences and the importance of that for you in those early days. In the company that I was with had good basic training in terms of, you know, when you're getting started and what's the contract and what do you need to know? But for anything more advanced, I found I had to, to travel somewhere and learn. And that suited my personality so well. I, I, I'm very learning based. I love learning new things. I think if, if I didn't, if I stopped learning in this business, I would not want to do it anymore. Um, but even after all these years, I feel like I learned something new every day. Um, but I would go to conferences. I went to, there was a guy named Howard Britton that, um, assembled all these top agents from all over the country. And I went to that. I went to Buffini. I went to some other trainers as well. Just um, learning and trying to figure out what fit me and what felt right. And then my style now is a mixture of a lot of different trainers that I've heard over the years. My core is Buffini, that um, just working by referral. Um, that's the core. And I... Um, I still love that system. 
and you know you can add on top of that add the videos add add all the the fun things but at the core it really needs to be in my opinion it needs to be about a relationship and digging deeper and going deeper with with people serving them at as deep a level as we can I um, uh, could not agree with you more. I apologize. Our internet, it may be a little choppy. So if anyone's, if I'm choppy to anyone, I apologize, but I, I absolutely agree with you, Kathy. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about Buff Brian Buffini, um, when, uh, what I liked about, what I liked about Brian Buffini is it, he came up the idea basically, and there's a lot of different principles of his teachings, but I've always loved the idea of sending an item, he calls them item, items of value, right? And he, he says, basically, you know, you really should be giving your, your prospects, your clients, something of value, uh, every single month or, or whatever the, the, the time commitment is, or, or the duration is, but it's really important because you really always want to be sort of giving people things where they're like, that was thoughtful. That was helpful. That, that really is something information or something I can use. And he was a little bit ahead of the curve on that because now we, we know that like social media is all about providing content. It used, you know, it's all about, I'm sorry, all about providing value through content and like you know, if we expect people to watch our videos on Facebook or TikTok or wherever they may be, they better be pretty, uh, at least if nothing else entertaining, but better than that, hopefully providing some actual information that people can use. And Buffini was, was one of the first people I saw a sales trainer that was like, this is the way to, to people's hearts. Um, obviously there's more to it than just that, but I have always been a huge fan of that. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the items of value. Yeah, I mean, I think now most of us have transitioned in, into more of an email and sure. or, as you pointed out, social media, um, video um, messages. He still provides um, monthly um, the mailers, things yeah. you can mail out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that can be layered. It's it's a bunch of layering, I think. You know, you, yeah. you never know what what works for certain people. So. Um, well, you have built a referral-based business and everyone, now I shouldn't say everyone, I would say most agents I have spoken to during my career uh, in this industry, about 13 or 14 years, almost everyone I meet says they want a referral-based business. So um, that is obviously a common uh, goal for, for a lot of agents. How long did it take you to do that? And what were some of the ways in which you began to transition away from making the cold calls to how do I get other people to market for me? Um, again, I think it goes back to building relationships. When someone knows and trusts uh, another person, they are, if they have an opportunity, they will, you'll be the one that they recommend to their friends. So um, I think it, it, there's nothing magic about it. It's just getting in front of people. Uh, to this day, we still do a lot of lunches. Um, I, I have lunch with someone almost every day of the week, um, coffees, just, you know, just being in relationship with people. And when we do that let me drill down on that. I apologize, okay. Kathy. This is real. This is really great because having lunch every day with somebody is something that, uh, all the hundreds of episodes I've done, I think you may be the first to talk about that specific specific sort of strategy. Um, and uh, can you talk a little bit about who you choose to take to lunch, what you mm. talk about? Because this this would be super helpful to our audience. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say those it falls into two camps. 
Number one is past clients or prospects, somebody that I'm working with or, or have worked with. So um, that that is one whole group. That's a pretty easy group because what do you talk about? You talk about their life, their their families, you know, the old Ford family, occupation, recreation and dreams. You, you, you know, it's all about getting to know them better. Um, so that's that's one bucket. The other bucket is um, trusted advisors. And this has been a focus of mine over the last few years to try to get to know more estate attorneys, more uh, wealth advisors, CPAs, um, divorce attorneys. So those people have the opportunity to refer multiple people. So to the extent that I can build a relationship there, the the opportunity is just much greater um, than than an individual who might have a friend who needs to buy or sell real estate. So I really do a lot of both. Um, the trusted advisor is a really fun thing to do um, once you kind of get your feet wet with it. And um, they they get my same marketing that I send to everybody else. At first, I was like, okay, I've got to send something. Real, just for them and yeah, their just for needs. them. Yeah. That's real, you know. The, that's real professional or real um, business, not fun. Um, but I, they like fun things too. So sure. I kind of had to get over that. Cause it's just too much work to do two different things. Uh, when I meet with them, I may bring something more professional, some um, statistics or um, questions for them on on their business. But um, the basic the basic marketing is the same. Um, so that's been fun. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to start something I'm really excited about. I'm starting a group of women um, who are what I would call trusted advisors. And I'm hoping we're, we're having our first meeting coming up, but I'm hoping to meet once a quarter with this group and really build strong bonds. Um, there's a there's a financial advisor. There's a high end insurance broker. Um, a state attorney, CPA. So there, there. It's I, I. think it has a lot of potential, and recommend anybody could do that, whether it's women or men or both. The, the those are all amazing professions to consider to add to to your professional, you know, sort of services or professional network, I should say, because mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Those are people that are oftentimes dealing with life events, which typically may result in a transition of home, people moving in, people moving out, selling, buying. Um, divorce attorneys are the most obvious example of that. And But you know, you're right, estate planning attorneys, as you mentioned. Yeah. Some, uh, of my, uh, some of my best business in the last year has been from estate attorneys. So, Such um, a smart idea and oftentimes a overlooked um, specialty uh, for realtors. We think divorce, divorce, divorce. Yes, and estate planning attorneys as well, because of course um, those are are and you know you could also too I, I think possibly there's just a weird idea that maybe isn't a good one, but people who work in mergers and acquisitions as well may if it's they work locally they may be having companies that are moving in moving out so there's maybe some opportunities yeah. there as well. But I, yeah. I agree that having that professional network is awesome because you can basically share clients and refer mm -hmm. and say, I've got mm -hmm. a great estate planning attorney. And by the way, everybody needs a great estate planning attorney. It's right. a really important thing. Um, 
you know, and ever, and when somebody's going through a, a family change, having a good divorce attorney obviously is important as well, and a good accountant and all of these things. So Kathy is so this is such a, a great point. I'm sort of sticking on it for a moment because I really okay. wanted to sink in. Um, Kathy, thank you for that. I, I really everyone out there, yes, have lunch with your clients and your prospects, and yes, 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 always do that. And let's add in some professional people where you can actually help their business. And I think the best way to have those conversations is say, hey, I would like to learn more about your business, Mr. or Mrs. Estate Planning Attorney. What can I do? I have clients. Here's what my clients are like. Here's what they they do. Um, would they be of, of benefit to you? Uh, what can I provide to you first? And then hopefully it becomes a reciprocal scenario. Exactly. Yep. Yep. What else are what else did you do to so we talked we, we talked about sort of this networking staying in touch with your sphere uh, taking them out seeing them face to face also doing the same creating this networking group that you have and also just these trusted advisors um, what I want to ask because we we talk about this a lot and I know this isn't there isn't a probably a really easy answer for this so I'm going to give you a little bit of a tougher question only just to, to see um, what what you might uh, answer because we talk about in real estate, we hear this phrase a lot. People who know, like, and trust us are the ones most likely to work with us. This is working by referral. Know, like, and trust. We hear that over and over again. But I also think that I believe that trust is earned. Um, so I'm curious on, yes, you have to earn the know, like, and trust part. How are you, because you obviously do earn it and you have earned it. What do you do during when you're working with a client that would eventually get them to say, not just, you know, hey, I had a good transaction, it closed, et cetera, but I really, really like Kathy. I really felt she did a good job for me. I imagine you have certain standards in your business that lead to the no like, and trust, I'm guessing. Yes, I, I know that we do, and we're always working on trying to improve that. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, well, to me, a lot of it just is so basic. It's communication. Yeah. It's, Pick up the phone when it rings. Yeah, yeah. It's being in touch. It's making sure that the client's needs are answered. And um, my husband and I work together. He works with buyers and I work with sellers and I do most of the lead generation. He is incredible about being patient and spending. I hear him spending hours and hours on the phone with people explaining things in the inspection or it, explaining, you know, the appraisal issues or, you know, whatever it is, it's that taking the time with them. And he's honestly, he's much more patient than I am. Sure. So he's in a good role, but um, I think that that's what people need. And it, it, it's not, it's not necessarily the first time buyers. Some of the high end buyers need just as much as, as anybody else. So um, I think that that's part of it, just taking time and building, building that trust and um, doing what you say you're going to do. I have a great assistant who is there. Um, and does she ever drop the ball? Do I ever drop the ball? Well, of course, occasionally, but for the most part, we do what we say we're going to do. And then um, we love to stay in touch with people afterwards too. And I think that's um, really a lot of times where you build referrals is, you know, it's not just one and done and, you know, you're, you're on to the next, you're, you're calling them and checking on them and making sure, 
um, we, we, um, we love to stay in touch with people on an ongoing basis. I always say, you know, once you get in our web, you can't get out. So <laughs> <laughs> until you, until you say stop. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And Leave nobody probably, and nobody probably ever does that because no one ever has. Mm-mm. Yeah, of course, of course. And you know, it's really important too. You, you said something very profound now, which it, again, it's it's back to a fundamental of in between the sales. How what are we doing in between sales to stay in touch with that client? Because they're probably not moving for another, I don't know, seven years, five, seven years, whatever the or stats, more. <laughs> yeah. or more. And um, and but we want to make sure that when they are ready, and we won't know when that is necessarily. We want to make sure we're top of mind. And so this idea of reaching out in between is is really um, it's I think it's a lot simpler than people make it because it could be as easy as somebody bought a home from you call them a month in hey how did the move in go how is everything you good any problems just want to be you, call me if you have any if you need anything I I've got a, a network of people I can connect you to it, it really that could be almost the call every year if if nothing else you want to talk about is how's the home how's everything going what's going on with the family everything good. It just, it could just be a check-in really. And really, yep. Yep. I I used to, I I remember I, this this is a, I'll make this story very short and I will tell you, this sounds really silly, but it made me feel very special. When I was uh, in high school, I had a friend who had an older brother who went to MIT for college. He was like the genius of of all of our our friends. Um, He was, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. So he went to MIT and he says, oh, I'm taking a class by Dr. Amar or Amir Bose, the guy who created Bose Sound, so Bose speakers. And um, he said, if you want to buy any Bose speakers, we get a discount. So anyway, uh, because he was in the class. So I bought some speakers through my friend and whatever, cheap speakers. I mean, great speakers, but inexpensive. It wasn't like a big purchase, a couple hundred bucks, whatever. And every year after that, for five years, Bose would call me once a year and say, just checking in, how are the speakers performing? And I was like, it blew my mind. That's amazing. Stop doing it. Amazing, right? Now, I'm sure probably because it was purchased through his class, maybe I got put in a special category of like, make sure to take care of these people. But it sounds silly, but it really made me feel important. And I don't, I have never met another company that does that. And that mm-hmm. was 1993, maybe. So, so anyway, wow. it's a, this is a point back to calling. Yeah about the house, all you had to do is call and say, how's everything going? What's going on? Simple. Simple. Uh, But, but you said I'm so, okay. So in between sales, we want to stay in touch. When you're working with a client, when you're in a transaction, let's say nothing's happening. You get no activity on a listing. Let's just say as an example, no new interest. Let's say a week goes by. What are you doing uh, or are you doing anything to talk to the seller to say, okay, here's what's happening. Or, or what, what is your philosophy around that? DJ, that is the worst. <laughs> that is the worst time when nothing's happening. And you know, Atlanta, the market has been so good that we haven't, ex- we're still not experiencing that. But um, I believe me, I've been through that. Um, I sure. lived through, I lived through the recession. So, um, you know, I think that in normal times, bef- before too many days go by, you're getting a message from the market. The market, I always say the market will talk back. If we're not getting showings, if we're not getting offers, interest, then the market is telling some telling us something. So I think just planting the seed, uh, obvious, um, maybe this isn't obvious, but um, it goes without saying that, okay, here's what I have been doing. Uh, you know, we, here's where your 
listing has been, how many hits you've had on the website, et cetera. Um, so a report to them, but then I think even after a week, we start planting the seeds for pricing, a, a pricing adjustment, unless it's just like the recession or something like that. I think that normally if a house isn't getting any activity, it's that's, that's the message we need to be getting to the client. Does that make yeah, sense? It- it does. It makes perfect sense. And our, I know that there can be some call reluctance mm-hmm. or reluctance <laughs> to pick up the phone when nothing is happening. Um, even, yep. you know, a few days maybe where, where nothing's happening. What are you doing to keep the buyer or seller informed, even when there's not much to report? Um, because I know a lot of agents don't, maybe aren't as proactive when things aren't happening. Um, I I once had asked a top producer here in Chicago, (laughs) so silly, but I said, why do you think she's number two in in all of Chicago? And I said, why do you think out of 40,000 agents, you're number two? And she goes, I call my clients every week and tell them what's going on. I said, well, and she goes, that's that's kind of it. (laughs) And she goes, DJ, you'd be surprised. Very few agents do that. I was like, really? And I, I would not claim to be perfect at that by any means, but um, again, just picking up the phone and, and touching base. And even even when things are happening, I think that people just want to hear from you. Um, I listed a new house um, yesterday and you know we've got some showings lined up and I plan to just touch bases with them and say, you know, they're out of town actually, so they don't know precisely what's going on. But just to just to say, you know, we've we've had these showings. This first one said they weren't interested, but you know, we've got some more lined up for the weekend. Just just that communication. And honestly, I'm not always the best at it, but um, it's a goal to to be more in communication. And I think people appreciate it. They they never mind when they when you've got their house on the market or uh, a house for them under contract. I don't think you can call them too often. I don't think you can over overdo it when it's or they'll let you know if you're overdoing it and odds are you're they're probably not going to say stop communicating with me about this transaction right Um, and and, uh, so uh, that brings up a a point that you know the best thing to start off with is to ask how you want to be communicated with do you want to do you want to have a phone call do you want me to text you do you want me to email you so then the person who says i want you to call me they're not going to mind if you're calling so um, we need to we need to continue to do that. We kind of come and sometimes we kind of forget on that. But you know what I love about top producers is they say these really profound things, but to them it's like like that question said something incredibly important, which was. Ask your clients, how do you prefer to be communicated? Would you like a phone call? Would you rather have a text? You know, is it okay if I leave a voicemail? You you know, what, what are the hours you want me to call you? When do you not want me to bother you? Um, these. These are one of the, this is what she knows, but a lot of agents don't know this. So at. remember the problem. So there's the golden rule, which is the way you want to be treated. The platinum rule is like 
others how they want to be treated. That's you have to ask questions to get that. So Kathy, uh, again, seems like a small thing you said maybe to you, but really, really profound. Don't just assume everyone communicates in the same manner because they don't. Um, what, what are we doing to celebrate our, what are you in your, t- oh, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to mention this other thing you said that was really, really important because Kathy, um, is, is very self-aware. She said at the beginning, you know, there's certain things I'm not as strong at, which is why her husband fills in those, um, those challenges. So she talked to Kathy had mentioned, she maybe isn't the most patient person, um, with, or, and that's not a negative. That's just part of your personality. You're good at some things and other things you're, you're, you're weaker at. And maybe, uh, patience isn't always something that you can just learn to be more patient. So what Kathy said is instead of just, well, I'm going to fight against this and do it, I'm going to get somebody who's really, really good at that because it is important that I have somebody that's super patient and she has her husband step in. So what is the lesson from this? Well, we know that teams are on the rise and look, the truth is you just can't do everything. You just can't. You're not going to be good at everything. So I love the fact that you have a, I mean, your husband, great, good thing that his his skill set is different than yours yeah. because you guys can then compliment each other and you go, oh, you know, so, uh, I, this person's going to need some patience. You know, husband, you take care of this one. And uh, and it works, works really well. And then that client gets everything they want. Right. And we um, intentionally, when he, he joined me in the business a few years ago and I never wanted there to be a situation where we would be like, oh, you said you were going to call him. No, you said you were going to call him and nobody's called him. So we have a very, very clear definition. Bob works with buyers. I work with the sellers. And occasionally we still are talking about our clients um, and we know what's going on. And occasionally we'll we'll be involved in, in the other side. But for the most part, it's very well delineated, and that has worked very well for us. Um, and I'm that's, glad. That's I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm fortunate that he loves doing the buyers. It's <laughs> not everybody does. <laughs> well, and typically, people who who are working agents that are working with buyers typically do need more patience because those transactions mm-hmm. tend mm-hmm. To, to take longer. And um, yep. obviously, there's a lot more that can go wrong on more the buy side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is great though, that you do have uh, somebody, your husband, of course, in this case, uh, that's able to, to step in and, uh, and, and help out in, in that way and make, make it so that you don't say, well, I'm not really a buyer's agent. No, I have my husband. He's, he's the buyer's agent and yep. he'll take yep. awesome care of you. Um, what, what are you, do you do any client appreciation events? I'm curious mm-hmm. if you've started doing that or if you're working on that or if those have been uh, important in your business. We love parties. <laughs> um, my husband says that we are a an event company posing as a real estate company. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's funny. I, I, I asked that question and I was like, I hope she's doing client appreciation or else she's going to be like, yeah, we, we don't do that. And because I had no knowledge, I'm like, I, she has to do this. And so I'm uh, so glad you're like, it. oh, we love it. We love it. And um, we do all kinds of things. We, we love having dinner parties. We love having six people around the table and just breaking bread. That's really where you get to know people and and we like mixing people up that don't know each other and sometimes we'll have people that know each other so we do all kinds of things we'll do some medium-sized parties where maybe we'll have 20 people over for drinks or something and then um, a few times a year we have a big event we're planning right now um, a big pizza party we have a, a 
person that um, a company that comes with this big wood uh, wood fired grill and they grill the pizzas. They're delicious. We'll have wine and beer uh, this year. I've got a gelato company coming to serve gelato and we have a DJ and it's all in our driveway. So it's, we're praying for good weather, but um, it's, uh, it's lots of fun. We've done it a few, we've done it several times before and it's always a fun party. So that's one of our biggest parties. We will probably have 200 people here um all together and my husband doesn't know that yet so don't tell him <laughs> um but you know we do pies we do a pie party at thanksgiving and uh, we've done movie parties we've done a little bit of everything um we love to travel and when we get back from a trip say to uh, france for example we will last year we had a French wine and cheese party. So, you know, some things like that. that. Oh, that's a great idea. So you go on a trip and I wasn't sure where you were going with that. So that's amazing. You go on a trip, you know, you experience the culture of another country and then you bring that culture back yep. with you. Yep. So that is, I have never heard of anyone doing that. That it's is a very amazing fun. Idea. It's I very fun. That. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. What a <laughs> great, you. what a great, I always love these. It's always, I've been doing this for five or six years. Anytime I hear something new and I know it's not new, it's not like you're the first person to ever do that. I just have never heard of it. And so it's new to me and I love it. Um, so no, that thanks, that's, you see, it's, it's a lot about activity, right? It's, it's just mm -hmm. like you were saying, I make mm -hmm. 10 phone calls every day. I bet most realtors don't even do that. And I'm not here to criticize everyone. I'm just here to challenge people to realize this is what top producers do. They pick up the phone or some version of that. Um, are, are you, are you doing a lot on social media? Um, or is that something that, you know, you're, you're not as uh, connected to? So, um, uh, almost two years ago, I hired a marketing um, gal who was helping me and she is guiding me. Um, she does, she actually does most of the posts. I'll do, I'll do some myself, just personal ones, but she's doing the business ones. And um, I originally came to you through Kim Ritberg and Kim is helping me with video, trying to get me, uh, we're going to work on messaging this fall and really trying to create messages that resonate and that going back to your original point of value, um, it's not just about nothing. It's about something that hopefully will, no message is going to appeal to everyone all the time, but if we can just make it something that's, that's interesting and informative to a number of people. I think uh, I'm real excited about that to try to kind of take it to the next level. I also so. think too, and by the way, um, I, I uh, plug for Kim Ritberg. She has a her own series on our podcast. We love Kim. She's our social media expert. And I didn't realize that you were you came through by way of her. So I am so excited because Kim is one of my favorite people I think I've just about ever met. Um, so I am uh, I, I just absolutely adore her, and I encourage everyone to listen to her series on our show. Just look for for Kim's uh, Kim's uh, episodes. She is a real gem, um, and. It, yeah, you're, you're talking about value. I I think because I, I know there's this. A lot of us in, in in this industry have a perfectionist mindset. We want our headshots to look perfect, or we want our. By the way, uh, I'm gonna 
divert from my what I was saying. I was just at a Zillow conference the last two days. I uh, showing time, uh, which is owned by basically by Zillow. I was at a conference uh, for them, uh, and I was fortunate enough to to get to go. And they said they showed a statistic that is so interesting. Speaking of headshots, and it just came to me. I totally forgot. This is amazing, and I wish I could show people this. Although it's a podcast, so wouldn't most people wouldn't be able to see it anyway. But um, they showed some data that suggests that headshots are done. Nobody wants to see headshots anymore. What they want to see is a, still a professional photo, but what what they actually want to see is you being captured doing something that you enjoy, something that is is a passion for you, whether it's real estate, maybe you play guitar, or maybe you're into whatever. Maybe you just want, you know, you're a great mom or a, whatever you're into. They actually, people, they, they had data to support this. They said, Nobody wants to see the perfect airbrushed photo anymore. They want to see you in action, which makes sense because we we follow people on social media and we see them doing what they do. So for anyone out there who's thinking about getting a new headshot, yes, get a new headshot, obviously get that, and get some shots of you doing other things. And people actually um, find that to be more inviting and more real and more authentic. So just a little little plug from something I learned from, uh, from Zillow uh, last couple of days, but um, Kathy, sorry to, to, to interrupt your interview. No, that's with really that. interesting. Really interesting. It, yeah. And, oh, here's another one real quick. Um, sorry, just because it's, it's coming to me. Use white linens if you can on your listing presentations for the master bedroom or sorry for the primary bedroom. Um, use white linens if possible, because Zillow has found that by using a white, uh, like a duvet or a white, you know, comforter, 30% more clicks versus a colored, uh, different color than white. I wow. mean, crazy, weird things. So if I yeah. was an agent, I might just buy like a king size comforter, yeah. keep it in my trunk. And just say, hey, I need a song. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Back to Kathy. I'm so sorry, Kathy. I just, I got, You're I got loaded me good up with ideas. Them. You're giving ah. me good ideas. So thank well, you. Well, I need to learn from you because you're, you're really, uh, so much further along the path than I'm. Kathy, what, um, Let's talk about boundaries um, in the sense of, you know, we know that mothers, uh, parents know this as well as realtors know this. If we don't set some sort of boundaries for our, you know, for our our uh, people in our lives, uh, especially if we have children, um, they may um, challenge those boundaries. P- clients can do the same thing. How do you handle a 10 o'clock? And maybe and that not everyone is. Um, do you set certain expectations for your clients so that they know what to expect if they reach out at like an odd hour? Um, I wouldn't say that I typically say, okay, you can call me between eight and six. I don't have that. I know agents have some agents have that on their voicemail and all that. Um, but honestly, I usually go to bed around 10 and I'm not answering the phone after that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but I do think that it, it's for me and my husband, it's, it's more event or um, situation driven. I answered the phone last night cause I just got a contract worked out at like eight o'clock and the guy had a question. So I answered the phone at quarter of 10 and I know my husband has been up to midnight with people going, you know, when there's a deadline on an inspection or something like that. So I, we, I wouldn't say we have any hard and fast, okay, these are our business hours. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. We're at a point in life when I, we don't have any kids at home. So it really takes the pressure off of, sure. of that. And 
Um, we are working on no phones at the, at the dinner, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's sort of basic, but, um, but if, 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 if a message comes in late at night that you don't want to handle, um, you've been a realtor for a very long time. Um, can we tell, uh, the rest of our audience that in most cases it can wait, it can wait until the morning. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's nothing wrong with voicemail. (laughs) You can get it tomorrow. That's absolutely right. And the, the problem with text messages is it, there's no end to a text message conversation, yeah, right? Phone true. calls have a start and an end. Yeah. Well, text messages a have a start. Point. They don't have an end. Yeah. That's <laughs> so. a very good point. I never thought about that. But yeah, if you start it, unless you say, I'm sorry, I'm going to bed now. Night, night. <laughs> yes. It, well, yeah. Which, by the way, is an absolutely reasonable thing if the person is expecting some sort of response. You could just say, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm headed to bed first thing in the morning. I got it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, who can, who can, you know, uh, argue with that? Um, Kathy, we should also mention too, that, you know, our, our show is, is an, a show, uh, for agents, by agents, listened to, uh, by agents as well. So, you know, we also want to promote referrals and we know that Kathy, uh, works in, in downtown Atlanta. She is, uh, and, and the nearby surrounding suburbs as well. But right. Atlanta is a hotbed for people moving in and out. Lots of big companies are there. And, um, if anyone does have people moving into uh, Atlanta, in particular the metro area and the, the close suburbs, um, you know, Kathy is a great resource. So, Kathy, if there are agents out there that either maybe want to connect with you because you might have people that are moving from Atlanta, yes. like down yeah. to Florida or, or wherever they may Absolutely. be retiring to. Yeah. So, what's the best way if somebody wants to connect with you that they can reach out? Um, my website is just simple lamonteam.com, L A M O N dot, I'm sorry, L A M O N team.com. Um, I'm Kathy at lamonteam.com. On, I'm on uh, Facebook, Insta, all those, all those good places. And I think you said you were going to put it in the show notes too. So. I will. Absolutely. Um, but we, I really, you know, Kathy, it's funny. I, I was just sort of reflecting on uh, what we've talked about today. And I, there are lots of great tips here that Kathy provided. So on behalf of our audience, I mean, really, this was a chock full episode of actionable strategies by somebody who's been in real estate for over uh, 30 years now. Congratulations, by the way. Did I do the math right on that? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is uh, that is impressive. And um, not and Kathy has seen... Oh, by the way, Kathy, you've been through some ups and downs. Last question. Are... Are we worried right now about the market um, at all? Are we worried about interest rates or are we like, we've seen this before, it's going to be fine? What are we we are going to be fine. And um, I, as you've pointed out, I'm a big follower of Brian Buffini. He is very optimistic about what's going to happen with the rates and the market. His message right now is to focus on listings. We need to be listing, listing, listing and um, learning. You know, if you don't have listings, Go to a class and learn how to do them better. So just um, invest in yourself, invest in your people. And uh, really, uh, he says we're going to have a great 2024. So um, good things ahead. And for anyone out there who's like, how do I get more listings? There's a million ways to do it. But one one way that I think would be particularly applicable today <laughs> is, uh, and Kathy can tell me if I'm nuts and wrong because I might be, but um <laughs> 
Well, I'm definitely nuts, but I, my, I, I'm also, I may be wrong. Uh, that's for sure. I'm definitely crazy. But, um, you know, people are always interested to know what their home value is, right? This is why Zillow became Zillow. It was the Zestimate. It wasn't the home search. It was actually the Zestimate. And the Zestimate then gave birth really to their home search. So, you know, people, whether, look, whatever we think of the Zestimate, people like to see the Zestimate, whatever, however accurate we think it is or not. This is a great opportunity to take a lesson from Zillow's playbook and maybe reach out to people who, whether they were your client or not, hey, I thought I would show you what I believe your home is approximately worth right now. Would you be interested in seeing that? I mean, I would always be interested in seeing that. So I don't know if you do CMAs uh, for your yep. clients. Um, I'm sure you do. I, I did one yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, uh, as much as I love, I think Zillow is a great company and I, I, I like Zillow. A lot of agents do not. I understand and respect that as well. But if I'm looking for an actual CMA, I don't, I don't use Zest. I use Zestimate as like a starting point. Like, okay, that's what Zillow thinks. But I want somebody like Kathy showing me exactly what she thinks after 30 years of the business because she knows the market better than, you know, an algorithm likely could. So um, this is a great opportunity, guys, to exercise your your experience and, and, you know, show people, hey, this is what I think right now. Um, Great opportunity there. But on behalf of our audience, for all the great tips and advice that Kathy provided, we say thank you to Kathy and her, her, uh, her, team. Her husband's not on the call, but we uh, we say thank you to him as well um, for some of the tips that, that you mentioned that he has. And on behalf of Kathy and myself, we'd be remiss if we didn't say thanks to the audience. Thanks for listening. Yes, thanks for thank making you. it to the... Thank you. And thanks for making it to the end of the episode. We just asked everybody to do two quick things for us. I know it's a lot to ask, but just tell t- one thing, tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that could benefit. This is a great episode. Send it to people that are struggling right now, agents that are like, ah, oh, what do I do? It's tough. Yes, send this to them. They'll get some great ideas. And also, please leave us a review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, let us know what you think of the show. Um, c- constructive criticism is always important to us. We, we, write the, we do this episode's We do the show for you. So please let us know how we can improve it and also what you like as well. Kathy, thank you so much. We are so honored to have you. You're a big deal and you didn't have time to do this and you found time. So thank you. It it Um, was an honor to be asked. Thank you. Well, thank you. Visit lamonteam.com, L-A-M-O-N team.com. Links to all of Kathy's uh, websites and email and social media in the show notes. Reach out. Out to where she's a lovely those things she has wisdom guys learn from people <laughs> who have been in the business 30 years that's the one thing they have that new agents just don't they don't have wisdom yet you don't have it it that's something that comes with time and people like Kathy. I don't want to make you sound like you're older, Kathy. That is not what I'm saying. I don't think you're older, but just being in the business this long is is really a, a treasure and it's no surprise that Kathy's a top producer. So, well, and anyway. most, most people in this business love to share. So I Absolutely. reach out with questions. I'd be happy to, to uh, have a dialogue. Awesome. Lamonteam.com is where you learn all things Kathy and her team. Kathy, thank you. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you, DJ.